Welcome to Blake Street Banter, where one of us knows what the word banter means. The other three are just along for the ride. Tyler, say what's up. What's what's going on? Uh, K-Dub, say hi. Hello. You're back, right? And you brought a partner, partner in crime here, Justin Wick. What's going on? Man, you know, everybody else has been so short and concise right here. I feel like I need to follow the lead, but at the same time, <laughs> I need to, like, display, like, the utmost of graciousness right here, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, none of that we're just here for a good time we are we're doing something fun right now right we are doing a dual dual podcast never before done in rocky's media history <laughs> the world's put stamp, history <laughs> put my stamp on that right yeah. now so that we are <laughs> putting our uh putting our foot down and saying all right we're going to combine the two platforms so you're going to listen to us we're going to do a a uh, prospect draft where we're all going to pick one guy one position draft it no doubles all prospects only then we're going to cut away and go talk about some real stuff on the uh, pebble report over at purple row with k-dub and justin leading the way there so when you're done with this check our, our description click that link and go listen to that because this beautiful voice will still be there so <laughs> um my arrogance is out of the way my ego's done let's feed justin's justin you're the new guy share us introduce yourself who are you what do you do and why the heck are you here man this is rolling out the red carpet already nice <laughs> my name is justin wick i am an editor over with the good folks at purple row me and k-dub over there holding down the fort him and i are largely the prospect guys that will be talking all kinds of different minor league business over there i have been a staff writer for purple row since october 2019 which right before COVID, just a fantastic time to get started. There you go. Um, I am now a communications supervisor for the Arizona Fall League. I am currently a ballpark operations guy for Sloan Park in Mesa, Arizona. So I do not necessarily have a Cubs allegiance, but I tell people I do when I'm working there. So very excited. We got a Friday matchup coming up with the Rockies, and that's probably going to be my favorite game of the spring so far. But that's the basis that I'm checking. Also, staff writer over with the good people at Pitcher List. So I'm oh, dipping my toes in all kinds of different water. But a lot of people looking out for me and a lot of good crews that I've been fortunate enough to work with, work alongside. I get to add the Blake Street Banter crew to the people that I've now appeared <laughs> alongside. So big shout out to you guys and always love the work that you guys are putting together. So thank you guys for having me. I appreciate that. I mean, with those accolades, if we didn't roll out the red carpet, we would be doing it. Stop it, so, man. Uh, <laughs> let's just, we're just going to keep feeding the Justin Wick yeah. uh, ego over here. You won't do it. We will do it for you. You are one of our guys. And I, that's kind of our MO. We will, we will do the talking up for you. So Justin Wick is a badass. And we're going to just go with that. Oh, um, thank you guys. I have to feeding ask that we go. What, say it again. Feeding that we go. The wish ego. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me what a stadium operations manager does. Yes, I mean, it, that's funny because my job seems like it's something different every single day, of course, but um, I have made sure anything logistically, and I've kind of joked around about anything that involves a fan and making them happy is pretty much my duties right now. Okay. So I've been, I've a lot of the pregame on field business, like today was the, matter of fact, the opener for spring training at Sloan Park. I was the one that turned the microphone on for the national anthem singer. I was the one that made sure everything was good. I walked by Yerman Mercedes while I was doing it for the White Sox, and it looked like he could eat me. So that was pretty intense right there. <laughs> but so, I mean, a lot of those logistical type of things, making sure everything's taken care of, coordinating where our whole security okay. staffing is going to be. I mean, it's not like I see, yeah, it's not like I'm the exclusive one that does this. So, of course, this is a full orchestration that goes into it, but making sure, you know, everything is lined up and everything's good to go. Everything's queued up. We're making sure we're writing the lineups down. We're putting the game notes where the media people need it. So essentially, I get to kind of pretend that I'm the symphony orchestra guy, making sure everything goes where it's supposed to go, or at least that's the way I like to think of it. So it's probably not as complex, but I like it. I like to think that it's pretty cool and I have a good time. And there's there's worse places to hang out than the ballpark. Yeah, that sounds way better than my Thursday. So <laughs> and they only trust one person to turn on the microphone. So again, that we go, there, there's something there. There's a reason for guy, that. Right? My guy. <laughs> How crazy was it? Because not only is it the Cubs who travel well for spring training, but it was the first spring training game and it was St. Patrick's Day. 
Yeah, what, how much pandemonium did you well, have? To you do? know, th- that's funny you say that. There's Sloan Park, the Sloan Valve Company is the ones that sponsored uh, the namesake of it. They had T-shirts made, and they were green, and it said St. Patrick's March Madness Cubs Spring Opener Best Day Ever. Like, and they're handing <laughs> these shirts out at the ballpark today, and I'm just dumbfounded. So you know, I mean, it was interesting too because this game was one that was. It was kind of just thrown on the schedule because initially when Major League Baseball released, I think it was last Friday when they announced the revised spring training schedules, this one wasn't on it. And then we ended up adding this one in addition to. So we had a limited, there was only, I say only about 7,000 people. That's still a pretty good crowd, but <laughs> yeah, it's, I think the capacity of Sloan Park can see, I mean, push and double what that is at this point. So it was kind of nice because, I mean, I was anticipating it was going to be packed, and then that was the most I've ever seen that place packed, for that matter. But it was interesting just to really get a lead on how this is going to go and the processes. And, I mean, I suppose if this was the test run for now that the full tickets have been put together. But I'm also really curious to see, now that a lot of the spring breaks are starting to end, what are the crowds going to look like in Arizona? There hasn't been a spring training game in April in what I can ever remember at this point so I'm hopeful that you know when I get an off day maybe that means I can go on up to Salt River for half the normal price or at least that's what I like to convince myself so (laughs) I'm trying to see how that plays out but you know for the sake of at least packing the stands I'm hopeful and I'm optimistic that we'll have some pretty good crowds out there yeah that'll be sweet that'll be sweet us people up north have spring break the first week in April so you might get some northers down there there you go. I don't normally get to make it. So you'll have that. All right, let's do this. So draft pick draft order. We already went through the rules, but the draft order is going to be decided by our college mascots. ABC order. I know I didn't say that correctly, but alphabetically, <laughs> alphabetically. Um, so I'll go first. I went to university of Nebraska at Kearney. I am a loper. Ooh, oh, man. Whatever that I'm- is went to the or I'm, i go to the university of new mexico we are the lobos so i go to guess, the third I guess i'm ahead of you i am ahead of you l-o-b l-o-p uh, winning the draft lottery right now <laughs> all right justin where'd you go um i played junior college ball at south mountain community college shout out to the cougars i transferred to my four-year school is the creighton blue jays so oh, I guess I'm either a C or a B, and depending on where Kenneth is, I mean, I, I, I imagine I'm pretty good with either one right there. I, I know I'm at the very bottom, no matter which way I go, because I was the Northeastern Junior College Plainsman is where <laughs> I played ball. And then I also went to Metro, which is the Roadrunners. So I'm pretty well cemented here at, at, at the back <laughs> of this one. <laughs> I really dig the Nebraska ties. All right, sweet. That's sweet. All right. So Justin, you are first overall of the inaugural prospect draft. Was there collusion involved with this to make sure it's my first time on the show and you guys are giving me the first. (laughs) It was K-Dub's idea. I'm sure he had some kind of alternative (laughs) moment there. We've had enough podcasts that I know how to feed that we go. I'm getting spoiled over here. What's up with this? Um, All right. Well, prospect selection. I mean, as we're getting this going, I got to pick one guy per position. My strategy was, I, I was, I was hopeful that, I mean, I don't want to say, I don't want to say that I didn't want the first pick, but from position standpoint, like I wanted to lock up, like I, I felt I drew Romo would be a good one. I'm not picking him for the record, but I'm going, that would be like, I mean, sure. Maybe you can climb down the list. I cannot look myself in the mirror if I don't pick Zach Veen here. I don't think you guys are going to be devastated on this either. I'm Zach Veen for reasons that if, if you listen to this prog, this program, you know, every reason why I'm picking him number one right here. That's, that's a very safe bet. Yeah. As Wick just prefaced for me, you know, we have to fill position by position. There's not a whole lot of depth at catcher. And I have, I think Drew Romo, I have him around like the five or six, mark in the organization so you know it's kind of one of those like need meets value in a way so i'm gonna go with the boy drew romo i like that that's good all right nice i am gonna do my little preface like justin just did and say i 
I definitely am the least knowledgeable of this group, so I'm going to go completely biased in all my picks with some strategy here. Um, and if you are a listener of this pod, if you're new here, you better catch on real quick. I am picking Double D. It's He's my guy. He's <laughs> our guy. Dugan Darnell. I am going relief pitcher of the future. And that's all you need to say. Go listen to the banter sessions. You'll see why. Dugan Darnell. Reliever number one, man. Yeah. I like I, it. I got to go with my dude. <laughs> He's the first one that gave us attention. So I am throwing, I'm giving him all the accolades. Love that, man. And the fact we that were, he lights out. There's there's no doubt that uh, our Mariano Rivera of the future was on everybody's <laughs> board in some way, shape, or form. So <laughs> this is just how you beat traffic. You got to leave early. And that's exactly what you did there. Um, so I'm a, I'm a little torn in between um i gotta go with maybe the highest upside potential of anybody in the organization i'm going betty montgomery for for my number one if that hits it's gonna hit big time and so you know when you look at the future you win with stars and there might be no bigger star in the future in this farm system than montgomery we didn't decide are we doing traditional or snake I mean, as the owner of the last pick, I think Snake sounds fantastic. <laughs> all right. <laughs> there we go. Snake draft. Cool. I didn't kick rocks that. over here. It's all right. <laughs> um, so I'll snag Elahiris Montero uh, with my next pick. So I'm uh, I'm pretty happy with the middle of my lineup. Let's just say that. I thought I was about to win the draft in the first two picks until you decided it was going to be the Snake draft here. Right. Somebody <laughs> had to have the first pick. Sorry for you. You got Zach Veen, poor you. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. And you tried to make us feel bad for you for picking Zach. <laughs> um, all right, so you took Montero was my next guy. I was going to go off the bias list there. Um, yeah, so I'm going back to what Justin was saying. It's, the positions are tough, right? So I'm going, I think, with the safe bet, safe defensive shortstop who will figure it out on the, at the plate. He'll have his bats. He'll have his time. He had a plate appearance today, or two, at least one, I saw. So I'm going with my boy, Tabar. Um, he is the shortstop of the future. He is going to be right out there next to KB in a few years. So Tabar, he's my guy. I think this is where the format of this draft is going to drop some guys who should totally be gone at this point. Like, obviously, you know, this is not us going through, like, here's my number one, my number two, no so on and so forth right there's a ton of starters you know in the system so like obviously i'd be inclined to take one of the top two starters but that's that's a well i can you know tap into later on um i'm gonna i was gonna take tovar so i'll i'll slide down one and take Ariel amador with this pick get me some athleticism at a premium spot I got some catching up to do, man. Here we go. Finally, this thing whips around and I'm having a panic attack. Making sure <laughs> okay. How are we going to do this? I'm thinking I got my outfielder as we're, I mean, you guys are talking about filling the holes. I mean, you've, we've got a reliever and a shortstop off the board. Kenneth goes out, gets the outfielder in the middle of the corner infielder. I am going to follow Kenneth Lee and go to the infield. I'm going to take the Arizona Fall League legend, Michael Tolia, in the second round here. I feel like that, that it's a pretty good – I think that's a safe bet. The projectability is there. He looks young. He plays bigger. He plays older than I think that a lot of people give him credit for. Um, and he gets to hit a course. Who doesn't love that? Michael Tolia. Here we go. And the defense. Yeah. There you go. Absolutely. And now we're snaking, so – that's right. I'm back. Oh, geez. There we go. <laughs> this is all you're catching up right here. So we are, I'm goodness. I, I just spaced in my mind. I was so wired that I was just going to get the fifth pick. Now I'm back in the light, back on some love <laughs> there. Um, I feel like if I don't go, hell, Chris Oliveras. Wow. Young pitcher. Wow. Here we go. Picking He's your race. Lesson. He's the young dude. He's already getting action in spring training games. We're going to get a dose of this. I think he's probably the most 
I hate to say the more experienced young guy. I would go with a guy like Jaden Hill, but it's not necessarily proven to this point. And I think there's a lot that he can settle in for. I, I like Helcris Oliveras. I pass on Ryan Rollison because at what point we already know more of what the ceiling is. Like there's, mm-hmm. I'm trying to make this pick based on what I think they can be as opposed to what they currently are type of thing, or else I clearly would have taken Rollison, of course. Um, we'll go for, we'll go the heavy ceiling and we'll play the long game with that, with that pick right there. And I want to come back to this on your pod. Cause I think that's going to be a topic from, of discussion. I want to talk about Olivares, So I'm putting that out there as a little teaser to go check it out. But I want to come back to Olivares. Tyler, your okay. third pick. This is, this is a little tricky. I feel like. Yeah. Got to kind of start reaching in a way or, or I don't, I don't even know how to, you know, say what I'm going to do. I'm going to stick in the middle infield, though, um, and get Adrian Pinto, MVP of the Dominican Summer League. We'll just – we'll see what he, what happens. He might, you know, t- completely bust in full season ball, but uh, I like the tools minus the power. Everything's there for a top-of-the-order profile. So get those – those that double play combo set up. Yeah, that looks good. And – when I was prepping for this, I had a feeling that you were going to go very heavy on the Dominican League and the Arizona Complex League, Tyler. So, like, you picking Pinto and Amador were right on cue. So, I feel good <laughs> about my prep work. So, I feel really sorry about that. You know the other general managers of this Rockies Prospects League quite well. <laughs> yeah. Um, I... I'm going to stick with the defense first mentality and go with Brenton Doyle, one of my guys to watch. Um, he just, he's been on everybody's radar. He's the most athletic in the system. He has some holes in his swing, but he has a gold glove. So where is he? What is he going to do? But Coors Field is massive. They need a center fielder. And Brenton Doyle has the, has the physical tools to roam out there. So I'm going Doyle as my center fielder. Yeah, I don't think that there's a uh, too big of a leap that you have to make mentally to put Doyle and Montgomery in a similar conversation. Um, I think that there's still just a lot of we have to see if it ever all clicks. Um, but just at, in terms of an athlete, uh, Doyle's one of the hardest ones to argue against um, from from what the Rockies have in their crop. Um, for my third pick. I'm a little torn between them, but I think I'm going to go a little bit more on Justin's route on the pitching side. I'm going to go with Jaden Hill. Um, I have, you know, Chris McMahon and Ryan Rollison are the ones that you can feel are a little bit more of a sure thing, a little bit closer. Um, But, you know, when it comes to a top of the rotation talent, you look at Hill and you look at Helkers Olivares, and it's kind of hard to argue that there is the higher potential on the pitching side in, you know, than anybody else in the organization. So I'll take Hill and I'll dream on him being my ace because a uh, big dude that throws a hundred. And if he can stretch that out for six, seven innings, I'm pretty okay with that. That's your guy, man. I couldn't take him from you. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you could, you know, honestly, I, I thought, I thought you were going to do me dirty there. Just a little bit. Um, and then for my next pick, I'm going to, going to preface this. I believe that Elihiris Montero is a first baseman um, moving forward, maybe DH if we want to go that route with it. So I'm going to take uh, Warmy Bernabel um, with my next pick. I think that, man, just some natural inclination that he has as a hitter and the athleticism that he can bring as an infielder is something that I'm really excited to see how it develops. He's a little bit more on the ground floor, but even just that brief stint that we got to see in the complex league last year, this could be someone who really starts kind of creeping up in a national prospect sense in the next couple of seasons. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be very interesting to watch him. And I'm, I'm a believer on Bernabel. I love that pick. That's a fantastic pick. Oh, my turn. I was thinking. Sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that was honestly my next pick. So I hate you. Um, none of you have taken my starting pitchers. So I'm good on that. I'm 
I'm going biased. I love the grittiness. I love just his track record. He's a dude. He's a fantastic conversation. He's a biggest advocate for himself is Hunter Stovall. Dude just did work up in high A Spokane last year. And he did work for Mississippi State when he was down there. Little guy has that chip on his shoulder. I will prove you wrong. And he has done it at every single level that he has. And I just, that grittiness, that like uh, Dustin Pedroia type mentality, I think will get him some, get him some looks and I, he won't stop. Dude will just will not stop. So Stovall is my dude, second base. Love that. I'm going to make a 40 chess move here, kind of as, as K-Dub did in a way like specifying position. I'm going to take... Hunter Goodman as a first baseman, dry up that catcher depth for you guys. Real quick. I, you know, I, I think Goodman, he has a chance to stick a catcher if we do go the robo ump route. I think just his ability as a receiver, if you take that out of the catching equation, I think that there's a chance he's, he, you know, can play catcher in the upper minors and, you know, at the MLB level. But otherwise, he just looks like a, you know, just seems like a first baseman, like a masher that you know isn't super athletic i'll I'll take him at first base yeah, i almost had a panic attack right there <laughs> <laughs> um all right well the well is running dry on catching and i feel like this is the fantasy football move where you decide that you know what i really gotta go after this particular position right yeah, here um mlb pipelines ratings are probably going to bash me for going this far down but given that we are taking positions i'm gonna go willie mcgyver i hate you um i I, I figured this was gonna come all right um this is some i guess part of why i'm a big fan of his he wasn't placed on the 40-man roster but i remember if i may i guess just kind of storyline i was at salt river talking to him about it a couple days after it happened he's talking about he just wants to play give him the opportunity to do what he does and i mean he had such an upstanding perspective about it that you know of course we can't monitor what happened behind closed doors i imagine that's tough especially when he made the leaps that he did last year and you know, he played at a lot of levels. The higher up that he went last year, I guess you can say his performance kind of declined as he kept climbing, which is absolutely to be expected. You know, you go from high A to triple A and then the fall league. So mm-hmm. he put a ton of work together that, you know, it was a comprehensive body of work after the season was canceled. I don't think that he's getting nearly enough credit for being behind the dish as much as he was after the canceled season in 2020. Yep. And I think that, you know, it's very difficult when you have such a limited amount of these 40 man roster slots to be dead to be allocated to these guys but i'm optimistic that there's a case to be made there and at the same time he's just a really good dude just a huge fan of that guy he, he is a fantastic dude he's a friend of the pot too and yeah he he is down for whatever he was he when we talked to him he was always team first he was never about me he wasn't not a me guy and it was just fun listening to talk. And so that's why I despise you right now for taking <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I thought I had a few more rounds. But that's where I was getting worried. I, I love that pick too. Willie Mack's a great dude. So I've got, I've, I'm running low on middle infielders, which is where I probably got to cover. I, I got to think, no pun intended, cover my bases. Um, I'm going to go Aaron Schunk. Um, high A guy, ETA for the big leagues, probably 2022, 20, maybe 23, depending on where we're at. Um, I think that we can kind of tell with a one-year deal for Jose Iglesias, that's kind of open for maybe the picking on the left side of the infield. I get that he's more of a third baseman, and ultimately that's going to be Tovar's position that comes through. But I think that he's still in that kind of age range. To I mean, 205 is a shortstop. That's, I'm trying to think how big we're looking with um well i'm sorry i'm in the middle of a thought right here i'll get all broken i think that there's probably going to be an opportunity there to put something together with the chris bryant deal i'm optimistic that you know he's versatile and bryant's not going to be confined to one position like nolan arenado was and i think this is kind of a welcome site for the minor leagues to be able to give people what they need and you know i get i, I don't want to pass on him to just cover a position and i need a third baseman so aaron Schunk, there we go yeah, that those last two rounds were not kind to me at all. <laughs> yeah, some certain things are are moving. I mean, I don't how many we've taken two starters, and 
every it's we're just running for everything else it's black friday out here for middle infielders <laughs> and um but i'm i'm finally gonna crack my seal at least on on pitching i'm gonna get chris mcmahon i you know i i i in between him and rollison is the top pitcher in the system i think rollison is a little bit more of a sure thing but mcmahon i love his just stuff and profile that he's got you know a cutter and a slider his changeup at times has looked really good and you know he can hit in the mid 90s pretty consistently so i think that there's a lot of stuff there i wouldn't be surprised if of the starters in the in the system right now he ends up as the best so happy to take him here and get my my hurler yeah i see somebody fixing my track sheet over here so if you guys want to go in and edit that because <laughs> i got all sorts of confused that'd be great um fantastic pick with the chris mcmahon and being in the top 100 pick um he was on some top 100 list recently i forget which one but the fact that he's getting that recognition too i love that i had absolutely no idea where i want to go now because catcher uh, uh, I, thought, <laughs> I hate you guys um i am Going to go, Shunk was going to be my third baseman. I'm going for another pot. I'm going biased up in here. Grant Levine. I really do think he's going to figure it out. He has the hit tools. Like, he has the patience. He has the gap-to-gap power. The raw power is there. I just don't think he's figured it out just being drafted and then COVID. And then you know, we all heard that before, right? He did work down in Fresno, struggled in, in Spokane a little bit um strikeout rate was a little bit higher than i think he would want than any of us would want but he has the tools to fix that i really do believe that so his september was fantastic in spokane's after a terrible august so i'm going grant levine as my first baseman nice it's uh it's funny how quickly we're exhausting our options i don't know how big uh, you guys are or anybody listening into fantasy baseball, but this sure feels like the panic that I get when I'm in a live fantasy baseball draft Yes, where I'm looking at, I'm just like, great, man. That's like every catcher in baseball now gone. Um, is Russell Martin still around? I don't know. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, it's funny, but this is, this is a good way to, to really get uh, ingratiated, ingratiated into the deeper parts of the farm system. So that's why I'm having a lot of fun with this. Um, for my next pick, I'm going to go with another big bat that I believe in, and that's Yankiel Fernandez. Um, he's going to be a corner outfield guy for me. If I can have a wonderful table setter like Benny Montgomery and then have an Elahiris Montero and Yankiel Fernandez there to, to thump him in, I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy with that. So Yankiel Fernandez, who's uh, one of my guys to watch also. Um, last time I was on, went over that a little bit. He's going to be my pick for let's say right field for him because he's got a cannon and then for my next pick um gonna have to dig a little bit deeper into the toy chest to find this one but uh catching needs to happen eventually so actually no let's let's go with shortstop instead and i'm gonna go jack blomgren as as my shortstop um we you know we talked about stovall um being kind of that that gritty ball player for the cliche, the Dustin Pedroia comp that you put on there. I think uh, Blomgren is cut a lot from the same cloth. And I think that um, these guys get lost in a lot of big conversations because they might not have the elite all-star projections that kind of go through the roof. But I think he can be a very good, solid, big league baseball player. And I would be happy for him to hold down short for me. Going with the Michigan guy. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I am I'm throwing a curveball. I have figured it out. So when we talked to Stovall, he was talking about maybe transitioning to catcher. So Stovall, I am transitioning to my catcher right now. Um, so Stovall is going to be my catcher, and I am drafting Eddie Diaz to be my second baseman. Uh, just fast defense first. Had a really weird, wonky 21, starting in Spokane, then getting called down to Fresno. Not something you really want to hear, see from a guy. But all the tools say he's going to figure it out. And the way the Fresno guys talk about him, just he's just a genuine dude, just happy to be up here. I think there's something to say about that mentality part. Like, 
if you get called down and you've been like top prospect, usually that's going to hit you pretty hard, but he has just been smile first, head down, grinding, um, working all, all off season and Fresno. And there's just something to say about that kind of grittiness. Like you have the tools, you got sent down, you got humbled a little bit. What did you do about it? And he's doing something about it. So I am putting Stolval as my catcher and he'll figure it out. He's good at that. And Eddie Diaz is going to be my second baseman. The strategy that has evolved here is pretty next level. <laughs> Stovall <laughs> and catcher was that came truly out of left field. Like, yeah, I mean, you got You got to pull some strings. We are Rockies fans. We kind of get we kind of get the versatility piece, right? <laughs> so, I'm yeah. I'm doing it. Um, I'm gonna go with a major league ready talent. Get myself Colton Welker, slot him in at third base. Just get me another, you know, consistent. I don't know if he's going to be a big time power guy, but just someone who can get on base, you know, consistent contact. That's what I'm chasing here. So pass it on to Justin. Now that's a respectable, that's a respectable selection here. Now I got to panic again, of course. I feel like I'm seeing the same thing. <laughs> it just happens to be my turn in the order. Um, I am going to go, I need middle infielders and outfielders, probably more middle infielders. Cause I haven't got any, but I don't want to go outfield cause I already have Veen, but I don't want to pass on this guy. Cause I feel like the Rockies are big on him. I'm going to go Jamison Hanna, um, three-year guy at Dallas Baptist. He was up in double a spent the whole year in Hartford last year. Um, 255, 325, 351. I, I mean, I think that the Rockies are big enough on him. The fact that they went and traded for him and part of those deals that they had back and forth with Cincinnati. Um, he's been in three organizations already, which is strange, but it makes me feel as though, you know, you got to be a pretty legit prospect before you hit AAA to be traded twice. So I like that kind of ceiling. I think that means a lot of people are high on him. I think that means not just the Rockies are high on him, being that he's traveled as much as he has between three different organizations. So I like him rounding out the outfield. I like him and Veen in the same one. And I'm hopeful that we'll actually see a little bit of that in 2022. So I like where we're headed there. And I think that could certainly be a projection for what's to come. So I'll go James and Hannah. And then I've got to whip back around I forget I need another infielder and this snake draft thing keeps catching up. Um, I will go Julio Carreras. I'll go deep into Dominican summer league alumni. Um, he was strictly in Fresno this past year. It was his first season stateside and he was 21 years old, 20 year old season was canceled with COVID. So I think that, you know, again, we're dealing with a limited sample. He played 94 games last year, not a whole lot to speak for OPS was 698, which You'd certainly want something at least a little bit higher at this point, but at the same time, if we're talking ceiling, the reason I want to go him and I would probably, I, I would like to go somebody more experienced there as far. I mean, that's the reason that I wanted to go with James and Hannah at this point, but at the same time, I feel like I need a high ceiling guy to at least try to pick up the pace with where Ezekiel Tovar might be. So that'll be my, that'll be my late round Ezekiel Tovar. Okay. I, you know, the snake draft thing does catch me off guard. I'm like, I just picked. Um, <laughs> but I'm kind of going to take the same theme as my last pick. I'm surprised you guys haven't dipped in on these two guys. And I'm pretty low on on Ryan Valade just because of the, the lack of power he showed in Albuquerque. But on the same track as, as Colton Welker, a guy that you know is going to make enough contact to at least be like a role player, um, so I'll buy into the, the chance that his power does show back up. I mean, this is a kid who was drafted cause he was winning home run derbies over, you know, the top draft prospects. So I'll take Ryan Valade, keep the bats coming. Surprise. It took us that long to get, uh, yeah, the, uh, <laughs> I was like, wait, ready guy. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good one. A safe one. I, I'm going to go outfield and it's going to be, I'm going Robbie Martin, Robbie Martin Jr. Out of Florida state fresh. I just, he made Fresno. He played at Fresno and he was productive at Fresno and that short season he missed. He just skipped the ACL and went straight to low A. 
uh, was productive, good, bad in college, just kind of that. I think he's going to be that dark horse of that 21 draft kind of creep up on people like, hey, yo, I'm here type thing. So I'm going to put Robbie Martin on outfield with uh, Brenton Doyle. I like it. There's a it's interesting seeing the formation um, on our lineups and the thought process um, from each guy. And like you look at Tyler and there's a little bit more of the major league ready when you get Welker and when you get Valade in there, it's a little bit more of what you know. Um, you can dig into mine and you it's pretty easy to see that I look for guys that are a few years out and, and where I think they will be um, in that time. So I think uh, I'm going to kind of cut in between the two and also fill a position of need. I'm going to get catching and I'm going to go with Braxton Fulford. Um, he's very interesting. It's going to see a lot like the Hunter Goodman pick um, when he was in Texas tech, he could really show some thump, um, but whether or not he'll be able to stick behind the plate long-term is a question for him. Uh, but you just look at major league rosters across the board. Catching is not really at a premium spot right now. Um, so anytime they can get some good production from the bat, which I think Fulford can provide, it's a positive. Um, so I'm going to go with Fulford to uh, get my catching situation squared away. Um, and I'm also going to go back on my word a little bit. When I said that I had Blomgren at shortstop, uh, I think he has the uh, flexibility to move to second base. So we're just going to go ahead and do that. I don't know if he's as flexible as Stovall moving behind the plate, but there's <laughs> something something to be said. And uh, what I'm going to go with, unless I missed that somebody already took him, um, I'm going to put uh, Diane Jorge as my shortstop. Um, another, another project, it's a ways out, but that was the biggest international signing for the Rockies um, this past international um, signing period. So a lot of upside to dream on. Uh, the Rockies are certainly paying on that upside and, and hoping it pans out. So I'm invested as well. Yeah, that's it is fun seeing how this is playing out. Like you said, like Tyler says the really young guys and the ready to play guys and Jorge just fresh, real fresh. Um mm -hmm. and I saw Stovall catching at his youth camp that he runs down in Mississippi. So he is out there practicing. <laughs> it's not as crazy as you think it is. I saw Stovall in the little leagues and he was pretty good behind the plate. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's tape out there. Um I I these I have three picks left, and I am thankful that my it kind of plays out this way. Friends of the pod, but they do make sense. Is my first one I'm going with is Taylor Snyder. I dude figured it out in the off season, in the COVID season, found this nice little timing mechanism, and he just cranked bombs all season. He did it in Hartford, got the call up in July, did it in Albuquerque. And he started really finding his groove, groove in September. He's super versatile. He can play short, start, third base, outfield if you need to, throw him at first. But he's going to be my starting third baseman. Um, hitting fourth, hitting bombs, Taylor Snyder. I, I'll preface this by saying I was about to take Dion Jorge with my last pick to put him at center field because I've read that some scouts think he, he might end up in center there I, I think it's i think it's better to view him right now as a shortstop um i'm kind of glad i didn't i didn't go ultimate troll mode with that though i already made one <laughs> troll pick i will refrain from a second one um now i gotta just take one of one of the guys that i've i picked at the beginning of well, when we first started this pod as as one of the my guys for this year zach kakoska another guy I just feel confident in the hit tool um chasing chasing the hit tool right now hoping that some power comes through later. Um, yeah, he hit like 400 in the ACL. It was a small sample, but I, I believe that there's some great pure hitting ability in there. So. And that banter session just dropped. So if you want to go back a few podcasts and listen to it, we have a conversation <laughs> with Zach Kukoska. So. Convenient nice plug. plug. <laughs> Convenient plug. And I'm done. I like that pick. Fellas, I gotta, I gotta admit, I'm a Zach Kukoska hater because he hit a double off the one time. <laughs> Ah, I mean, that's a good reason to hate. That's right. I, 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 I got to come clean on this. I've played summer ball up in the Northwoods League. Shout out to the St. Cloud Rocks. We're playing in Mankato, Minnesota <laughs> against the Mankato Moondogs. 
Kakaska's batting second. And I remember they had a, a leadoff hitter from Central Michigan, shorter, quick dude. That I mean, I, I felt like I painted a strike three low in the zone. I didn't get the call. And then I started getting wild to Kakaska, knowing he's the he's the guy here. Like I gotta watch out. And let's just say, you know, you get behind on a 2-0 count to a professional hitter, and that ball lands off the wall in a hurry right there, and you're back. <laughs> so I could not come to – I mean, I hope he's a Hall of Famer now. I, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I initially had Julio Carreras at second base. I'm going to move him over to shortstop so I can make way for another one of my guys, if I may gonna go with a college teammate of mine by the name of Isaac Collins this is a young man that of course I'm very biased because he's an absolute gentleman good friend of mine um fun to be around I guess I don't need to speak on the personal dynamic because of course I'm picking him he's a great dude yeah there you go um it's I, I think projectability wise he's got a lot of flexibility of where he can be I know we we played him at second base when we were at Creighton and then he played in the Cape Cod League and he was getting reps at outfield as well and I think that versatility will play pretty well, kind of along what the track of what the Rockies did with Garrett Hampson. So I'm thinking there's something to be said for what that is. I imagine he'll be getting some reps in double A this year, assuming that he continues the natural progression. And I didn't feel like he slowed down anywhere from where he was at from Fresno to Spokane last year. And I think just the natural flow of where he is, he's a mature ball player. He shows the presence of what I feel like you need to at that point. And, you know, what better reason to fill my middle infield with my dude right there. So there it is. Um, relievers, I, I need to tap the well on a reliever. And I, I need an outfielder and I need a relief pitcher at this point. And my concern is, I mean, the, the, at least there's three outfield spots. Of course, like, there's multiple relievers, too. Um, I'm between two guys. And I don't know if I want to share the two of them because they're <laughs> where we're at. So... I am going to go with Reagan Todd, reliever. This is a young man that came out of the Arizona Fall League and made a huge statement for himself strictly as a relief pitcher. And he, I was kind of surprised to see he was getting reps at AAA Albuquerque last year, and he was holding his own. Mm. But I think what he was able to put together in October and November playing with the Rafters, it was interesting to follow along just because, I mean, he skyrocketed through where he initially was. He transferred out of Arizona State to go to Colorado Mesa, ended up getting some serious work there and it just continued to progress through into his professional career. So I say that because I don't want to get buried and I understand, you know, relievers can be volatile at this point, but given the ceiling and given how soon I think that a big league debut could be on the horizon mm -hmm. for him, I'm going to go Reagan Todd. And he's one of those late bloomers, right? Wasn't he a yeah. 20th, 28th pick or 30th pick or something? Yeah. Like he was a late guy. So the fact that he's doing work like this is, I love those stories. I love that pick. Well, Dustin took Isaac Collins from me. He was going to be my center fielder. And I think for the, for the sake of just having a little bit of fun here, I needed thinking about this, like a real team. I was like, I need an actual center fielder. I have two corner guys. I don't want to take a third corner guy. And I'm just, I'm reaching real far down here. I'm getting Braden Ward, who I, I doubt any, anyone listening really knows who he is. He was a pick last year, and he's a guy with true 70-grade speed. Stole, like, just a ton of bases in college. Swamp that in center field. I, I feel like I've gotten some bats. I, I want to have fun seeing some some fire behind him running on the base paths. So, Braden Ward. <laughs> Got your own little Billy Hamilton out there. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Little Billy. Uh, I love that. Uh, all right, so I'm now treating this, again, bias. Um, just a dude that's been grinding for way too long, and he deserves to be in the major leagues is Winton Bernard. He's He's been a journeyman. He's not really a Rockies guy grown with the Rockies, but he is a fantastic dude. He loves playing the game. He's in his early 30s, and he's still fast. He scored from second on a ball back to the pitcher last year which is just fun. And so he is going to go play left field for me uh, when we are playing in Coors Field because he deserves that call up. So I'm going Winton Bernard. No, he's a good ball player. Like he's he legit. Like, yeah. I mean, I think that you kind of get buried when you turn into the elder statesman a little bit. But that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's whether, 
Whether it's with the Rockies or not, I, I hope Bernard gets his call uh, yes. at some point before he hangs him up. That's just one of those fun stories where you, you root for the person. And uh, it's mm-hmm. just fun whenever they're in the organization, too. Um, so I think uh, I'm going to finish off my lineup. And I need uh, one more outfielder. And I'm thinking specifically left field because I'm going to go uh, Fernandez and right. Montgomery, I think, is, you know, one of the truest center fielders that we have in the system. But for left field, I want to go Sean Bouchard. Um, I think that there's there's a bit of a Corey Dickerson to him, in, in my opinion, where uh, you it just hit everywhere you go. And sometimes that just continues to trend that direction when these guys turn into major league ball players. And I think Bouchard, you can kind of see the same narrative developing a little bit. Um, he's a little bit older, but at the same time, doesn't matter if you're 25, 22, or 39. I mean, if you put up basically a 270, 330, near 500 slugging percentage, no. that plays, you know? And so I think Bouchard is a, a very good piece um, to fill out my outfield. Um, and then to kick off the last round, um, I need a closer. And I specifically wanted this to happen. So I'm, I'm glad you all are so, so gullible to, to let me do this. Uh, Riley Pike, my closer of the future. He's back in the fold. And when uh, we talk about electricity, man, there's nothing more electric than Riley Pike stuff. So hoping it works out. And I'm banking on him being my closer in the future. That's just entertaining. That's just good. <laughs> Yo, man. Love that. That was, good. <laughs> that was good that was very nice uh well played sir i unlike you i was hoping i wouldn't be in this predicament i have a starting pitching prospect to choose and i had three guys on my radar um mcmahon taken and then it was sam weatherly or noah davis i'm huge fans of both weatherly stuff is electric but it's completely inconsistent he it's just, he's fantastic to watch, but you'd never know if you're going to get good Sam or bad Sam. And so figuring that out, he's coming off a shoulder injury from last year. So seeing how that plays out. And then we got the golden child, Noah Davis, stat, stat man, dude, love California curly hair, just fun guy that is using the data and really showing that he is a grinder and will figure it out. Coming from Cincinnati organization, a little bit different mentality um and so i'm mad at you guys for not making this choice for me and i'm gonna go noah davis just because literally just because noah davis is going to be my starter game one opening day doing this selection process with just one starting pitcher feels a little dirty um just because there are a ton of really good starting pitchers um that there are that you can choose from. I mean, Ryan Rollison is the most major league ready of everybody in the system. And he's still hanging out there. Um, but then like, you know, it doesn't give us as much of an opportunity to shine the light on a guy like Joe rock or McKay Brown or, um, or Jordy Vargas or something like that. So there's, there's a lot of choices, but we kind of have to only pick four. So I, I will at least point that out that there's a lot of good arms to choose from. Yeah. I think we'll have to do this again next year or something and do trade it trade an outfielder or something for a starter or just add this another starter because yeah ryan rollison who to a lot of people is the best starter in the system <laughs> didn't didn't get picked but i was under the impression this was a keeper league so <laughs> <laughs> we will not be running the redraft back <laughs> you get to keep even number picks there we go um all right well I'm glad that this man has survived. Obviously, you know, we're looking at relievers, so only four relievers are getting taken. Um, getting arguably the just the most flamboyant personality in the system and Shelby Lackey. <laughs> he, I think he has the closer pedigree. I think he's, he's definitely held that role down a little bit in his career so far. Um, and I'm just – I'm a big fan of – sidearm guys as it is but also when you have a hard sinker it's like there's a lot to like there it's it's pitching nsfw 
Um, so I, I'll take me some Shelby Lackey. <laughs> you know that dugout's going to be lit too. So that's just going to be a good time. <laughs> that's awesome. That's good. I mean, to get the people going, to send them home with the final pick, you know, we're really sealing the deal with, I mean, we get Lackey off the board and we get Riley Pint off the board. Like this is, I feel like I need to end this with a heavy hitter at this point. I mean, if I'm like the ultimate, if this is the Mr. Irrelevant of the annual <laughs> prospect draft here. Oh boy. All right. So in the replacement free agent signing, however, this works to have the last pick of the draft. I need an outfielder. It's going to be alongside Jamison Hanna and Zach Veen. I am going to go with Nico DiColati. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in high A for most of the season, about 100 games under his belt. He's in that kind of strange mix of where is he going to go, I guess, as far as I'm trying to think how old he is. He is 24 at this point in time. I think the ceiling is still there because we haven't seen him in the higher levels of where the minor leagues are, but I like him just, I mean, as far as the tools for what he can speak of being that we haven't needed to see, or we haven't been able to see him at some higher levels of pitching, but I mean, his WRC plus has never been below 100 wherever he's been at this point and kind of untested, but I think the ceiling high being kind of an older guy, I hate to say older guy when he was born in 97, that kind of scares me. (laughs) Um, I, th- I think that there's a lot to be said as far as I think he has more experience than some people might give him credit for. And he also is probably the best outfielder on the board still. So that'll round out my crew right there, man. Nice. That'll round out the draft. Yeah. This is it. That, like you said, the inaugural annual prospect draft is officially over. Uh, that was fun. That was way more difficult than I thought it was going to be. I was like, yeah. I have four guys. This is going to be easy. Oh, crap. Here we go. Catchers. The whole catcher thing really threw me off. Um, the whole Hunter Goodman playing first base is what really screwed it up. So, yeah, Tyler. Yeah, really just <laughs> throw my out there. But that was fantastic. I think that was a fun way to really introduce the prospects. Like, hey, there are some guys in here that you should know about, some that you do and some that you don't. Ryan Rollison, like you said, was not picked. That means two different things, right? Like there are talent. There is talent behind them. There is talent coming up. And this is just fun. We have the stuff. There is stuff coming up. And there is the light at the end of the tunnel. So this was fun. I appreciate you guys entertaining this. This was this was good. Yeah. Um, we gotta great. We gotta great take to Twitter. We gotta make like we gotta make you have to make a graphic, Aaron. And then we make a poll. As to who has the best team, I, a lot of people are probably going to look at this and be like, "Who the hell is Braden Ward?" And you know, some of these other guys. Yeah. But um, I think that could be kind of fun to see the crowdsource. We'll we'll definitely figure that out. I need some time, Mike. Mike yeah. and I need to get together, so we'll get the graphic department on that for sure. But <laughs> we'll put a little poll out there. Who do you think has the best prospect lineup and there is no wrong answer because they are prospects they're grinding they're doing their thing down in the minors and minor league baseball is fantastic it's fun you get to see these guys grow have fun doing it and there's nothing quite like a minor league baseball game uh so look at the socials check us out blake's your banter if you are coming from the purple row listening we are here we do we do fun things we like to do things a little bit differently a lot of player interviews a lot of a lot of um what do we call this the rocks on the farm um it's getting late guys i don't know um but <laughs> we do we're here so whatever we're gonna end it up the the we go here he got the last pick he had the first pick it's all about justin wick so we're gonna end it with justin wick he, we always end this session with our guys when we invite some somebody new um, just two guys that you're going to look out for as we move forward. One of my guys was Sean Bouchard. Zach Kakaska was by Tyler. K-Dub had Yankwell and McCade Brown last time. Um, who are some of your two guys that you are going to watch in 2022 before we flip on over to the Pebble Report audio I, here? I like that, man. That's the way to end a pod right there. You got to throw in, especially, I mean, in the spirit of minor league guys, you know, you never know what you're going to run into. And there's a lot of great personalities, a lot of great stories. I'm going to follow along with, it seems, the true Blake Street banter attitude of making sure that you're looking out for the dudes that might not be at the top of the list as far as the prospect rankings are concerned, but definitely deserving of some serious praise. I'm going to go with Frank Duncan. I'm going with my guy, Frank the Tank, out in Albuquerque. 
Um, I believe, I don't know what our recording would, I don't know when this is going to be released. So I hate to let the cat out of the bag Friday. I think he's actually starting at salt river. He's starting, so I'm fired up about that one. That's awesome. So, I mean, fun to see again, him getting the opportunities. We've said this about Winton Bernard in the same kind of category. It seems like they're very much going to get buried in the minor leagues. This is what we saw with Joe Harvey. This is what we saw with Zach Roskup, if it weren't for a COVID outbreak to call him up last year. You know, you've got a couple pitchers in AAA that I'd hate to say they're not necessarily going anywhere, but even if they're continuing to dominate, they're eating up a huge chunk of innings. They're taking care of a lot of business and they deserve a lot more credit just being that in the minor leagues, sometimes that's what you exactly need because you don't need somebody that's going to be called up prematurely and not be able to eat some innings. And then it just creates a huge deficiency. This is a guy that really serves as an anchor for this staff. Again, I hope even if it isn't with the Rockies, I hope he does get his opportunity to play. He deserves it. And I think that he deserves a lot of credit just for the sake of really saving the organization and taking care of a serious amount of innings out in Albuquerque. Yeah. So my first dude, I'm going Frank Duncan. My second dude, I'm going to show some love for the reliever side of things. This is a guy that's been around low A and high A. Finn Delbonta Smith out of San Jose State University. I couldn't do this podcast without, I mean, I was going to say Isaac Collins, but I drafted him. I was going to say Reagan Todd, but I also drafted him. This was the reliever that I was stuck between Reagan Todd or taking my guy Finn. Um, also a former teammate of mine, so I need I'm to I'm so surprised you didn't take course. it. <laughs> I was waiting for that to come. <laughs> I know. I don't want to just do a self, like a selfless plug at this point, but I played with him in, I said, the St. Cloud Rocks earlier. Played with him summer ball in 2018. He had a 0.68 ERA over the entire mm-hmm. season. And I was a late season pickup to the team. I saw his only blown save of the year and it was my first day in uniform. So that's the <laughs> one thing that I kind of, I'm like very averse to, cause I don't want to be a bad luck pick when I select this, but I mean, everything that I've seen, you know, he continues to climb the ladder. He was up in the Northwest playing in high a, um, just seems to be definitely kind of an anchor at this point. And I mean, speaking on behalf of, you know, the maturity that I certainly saw, out of him in college he seemed like a seasoned guy that you know he was versed on the bus trips even when he was a younger college guy and he was somebody that I really gravitated toward and I can only imagine that's continued to progress and that's continuing to be the standard where he's at at this point so I think that prepares him well that's something that you really need as a reliever because you got to have such a short memory if an outing doesn't go well and he doesn't have a lot of bad outings he also happens to throw it pretty well I like his pitch mix I tried to throw the pitches he threw and he showed me his grips, but I clearly couldn't do it as well as he could, <laughs> but just a fun dude to be around and he's got a pretty electric arm as well. So I'll go, those are my two dudes. I'll go on the pitching side, Frank Duncan and Finn Delbonta Smith. Yeah. To jump back to, to Frank Duncan, um, you know, step aside, Chad, cool, Ryan Feltner, Ryan Rollison, mm-hmm. Frank Duncan is coming for you. He's coming for that, that fit starter spot. I mean, a lot of that, you know, isn't isn't serious. There's a serious side of that, though. I think that he's he's a pretty damn good pitcher. He, you know, when we talked to him, he talked about the evolution of himself as a pitcher, and he was, you know, on the verge of of being in an MLB pitcher with the Pirates, and you know, went down. But now it sounds like he's he's higher up on the totem pole than he was even back then. So, you know, Frank Duncan, we we love him. I yeah. <laughs> yeah. He takes that fifth starter spot and you can say he was dunking on those fools. <laughs> That's all I got. Go and we're gonna end it with that. So again, if you're just joining us from Purple Row, hopefully you enjoyed it. If you haven't gone and listened to the Pebble re- report, go listen to it. Again, that link is in the description right here. Just go click it. Boom, there it is. And enjoy these guys. Justin and K Dub do fantastic things over there. Just well versed in the prospects. We are fans of the prospects. We're all about it. So go show some love and let's just keep doing fun shit together, guys. This is cool. Um, awesome. Thanks for having us. Flip on over. Go Rocks Farm Affiliates. Woo! So, what's up with the Rockies bullpen? Well, when we last saw our hero, who can now turn into a grizzly? Darnell turned into a grizzly last year. Alright, he's a ride and a pitcher man. All the way from Michigan. Played short, then burned, now he's up upon the man.
Yes. <laughs> 